One of these kids is doing their own thing. <laughs> Welcome to episode 137 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... I hear freaking birds. <laughs> what the hell? Is this nature's podcast now? It could be. We got, we got a horse, we got some birds. It's a nice, lovely day in the meadow. Nice. <laughs> Where's the hay? <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh, nothing much. In case y'all don't know who I am, I am the dedicated, the supreme, the master, the strange, the, the delusional. There's no delusional here. You know what? Peeps, I want you to tweet out that you need to tell this boy here that Comical Podcast 2 slash Lord Horsicles is the freaking man. He doesn't believe me, and we need to prove it to him. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> it'll be like one tweet, and it'll be me. <laughs> Pieces of crap. And then aside from Miguel, we also have a very special guest on the show today, Mr. Ben Fritching. Hello. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Doing excellent. Man, I got all excited. I thought you told me Ben Templesmith was coming on the show. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know who Ben Fritching is, he is the owner and, uh, I guess, organizer Bow. of the Brazos Valley Comic Con. And uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit more about that in just a little while. You know the Aggies love me. I just want to let you know. You think everybody loves you. <laughs> the, the Aggies love Sir, I'm an honorary Texas A&M Aggie, so you know, hey, the Aggies love me. Who gave you that title? Who made you honorary? <laughs> the Honorary or? <laughs> or you're honorary. Honorary. <laughs> Everybody did, man. Everybody. Everybody knows me up there in College Station. Uh-huh. Sadly, they do. I was asking I was asking the other night. Nobody's ever heard of you. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you're not asking the right people. <laughs> well, Ben really does well, you know said everybody. everybody. There, so. <laughs> everybody that counts. <laughs> He's organizing a Comic-Con. I think he probably does know everybody that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Where's our passes? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we got a lot to go over today, so let's get right into things. Let's talk about our favorite comics from this week. Did you read everything? I did read everything. Wow, you actually got around and read everything. It was tough. I, I was really busy this week, but I managed to make it happen. All right. What were your top two this week, Miguel? Number two, Black Monday Murders number three. I had to say that right, because as you know, I once I called it Black Murders, then I called it Monday Murders, and then I called it The Monday uh, you know, whatever. It's good to be prepared. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're learning that slowly. <laughs> it's only taken 167 episodes, but you're, you're finally figuring it out. Jonathan Hickman and Tom Coker. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman and Tom Coker. It's really good. I mean, there's really no way to define it beyond that. Like, uh, it's a very complicated story. That guy's the devil. It has been complicated from the beginning. It's about the bankers that are behind Wall Street and how they have some kind of mystical connection to some sort of deity named Mammon and how they make human sacrifices in order to keep their power and keep their authority over the world. And it follows in this particular issue one of the guys who broke into an apartment and killed one of the other leaders of the, the group. And uh, the police have him. They go and they arrest him. And it's like this big scandal for the company. And they bring him back to police headquarters. And they're trying to interrogate him and figure out what happened, why he killed this guy. And instead of reacting the way most people would if they're in that situation, asking for a lawyer, asking for anything, he doesn't. He reacts completely atypically. And uh, the detectives don't really know how to handle him. And in the end the people that are in charge of the organization that he's a part of send a lawyer to him. And instead of trying to go through with the original plan he had to try to uh, exonerate himself, he decides to prove to the detective, the main detective that's been following the story this whole time, uh, exactly what's going on, which is a really weird twist. Yeah, he scared the crap out of the lawyer, too. <laughs> Basically, there's these weird symbols that showed up at the murder scene that the detective's been following this whole time. And we know that one of the people that's associated with the lady who's in the group uh, speaks that language and it's this ancient language that nobody's seen for thousands of years but only the four people that are in charge of this organization understand it yeah she's like pasty white and uh <laughs> so i don't think it has a real thing for putting like really pale white people into this. obviously <laughs> uh but anyways the detective interviewing the guy and the lawyer's there and he's like you want to know what the symbol means i'll tell you what it means it says we know and he's like these symbols have power these symbols have meaning that you'll you, your mind can't even comprehend and the detective's like try me i want to find out i want to know i want to go down the rabbit hole so he's like, fine, I'll prove it to you. So he stabs himself in the hand and then draws a symbol on the table with blood and uh, turns to his attorney and says, hey, beat your head on this table until <laughs> I tell you to stop. 
And the attorney just starts plowing his head into the table over and over and over again until it's a bloody mess. And he finally says stop, and the guy collapses into a small pile. And the detective's just like, what the fuck just happened? And he's like, you wanted to know. I'll tell you. <laughs> and that's kind of where it ends. It's a very intense scene. It's an awesome book. I've loved this series since the beginning. Like, It's very complicated, so it's a book you very much have to pay attention to. Uh, but it's totally worth it. Yeah, that was my number two. It was my number one. Ah. I thought it was excellent. What's your number two? My number two was Killer Be Killed number three. Ah. From Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. This was a really hard week. There were so many good books. Uh, I picked indie books this time, but really I could have gone with some of the Marvel or DC books. There's so many good things. But mm-hmm. Killer Be Killed, if you remember, it's about the guy who, uh, he's on his deathbed. This demon approaches him and says, hey, I can keep you alive, but you've got to kill people as an offering to me. He's told that he has 30 days to make the first kill. So he waits the full 30 days, and then his body starts deteriorating, and he's about to die. He goes out and he kills this guy who he remembers from his childhood was a really bad dude. Yeah, because his buddy told him, hey, you want to play this game? It's called Stick Your Penis in My Ass. Yeah. Like, he, he what? <laughs> he basically raped his younger brother friend, uh-huh. and it was really fucked up. So that was the guy he chose to kill. So he seeks him out, shoots him, and then for the next two weeks, it's all over the news. This guy got murdered for apparently no reason. And he's trying to figure out whether he made a mistake, whether it was all in yeah. his head, whether he was delusional, uh, what it was. And then in the end, the news comes out that the guy was associated with a, a child predator ring. And he's like, okay, well, I feel justified now. I didn't do a bad thing. So this issue of Killer Be Killed is all about him and his relationship with the, the roommate's girlfriend and how all that's unfolding. What a sleaze bag, man. He's bagging his, his roommate's girlfriend, too. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where the story's going, but... I, I really trust what Brubaker does in most of his stories. Like, She's really not that attractive either. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you, uh, well, I'm, I'm personally never really attracted to comic book characters. Well, neither am I. I'm just saying. They could have drawn a better looking woman than they did. This woman looked like she strung out or something. I'm just saying. She just looks like a Mary Jane type. No. I mean, she's a uh, no. redhead. You know, she's she's fine. Whatever. Ah, terrible. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> you just don't like the gingers. That's what it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, he goes on kind of a friend date that kind of turns into more than a friend date with the girl. And he's really worried that he's going to open up to her about what he's been going through because she's opening up to him about so many things. And uh, Oh, yeah, she's opening up all right. <laughs> well, he, he does end up... <laughs> realizing after the the news comes out about the guy being associated with the child predator ring that he did the right thing and he's going to continue doing it. So when she leaves to go be with her boyfriend, he sits down at the computer and starts looking up other child predators. So I think that's who he's going to mainly go after is like other monster people. Oh, yeah, I thought another guy was just a killer, though. I didn't think he was a predator. He looked at the sex, the sex offender registry. That's what he was pulling up. Nice. So, I mean, maybe they're not child predators, but they're definitely rapists or molesters or something. <laughs> Bad people. Bad people. Bad people. Definitely. <laughs> so that was my number two. Ah. What was your number one? The Fix, number six. <laughs> Mike Spencer and Steve Lieber. Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. I can't believe you got that wrong. Oh, I did write. <laughs> Why the hell did I say Mike? It's Nick. Wow. Holy crap. I glanced at it too quick. I was too excited. <laughs> my bad, Nick. <laughs> it was excellent. It was a definitely contender for my top three. So it's it's all about the detective trying to figure out why the junkies that he hired to rob the woman's house killed her. Because if you remember yeah. in the last issue, there was a celebrity debutante that he was escorting as her, you know, personal security, whatever. And uh, they which got, he sucks at. I'm he was really saying. yeah. Well, he's he's bad at his job, anyways. But they get back to her mansion, and there's guys in there robbing the place, and they end up killing her and lighting the place on fire. And you know, he's brought to question about it, and he has to go in front of the police and the mayor and everybody else and make a statement. And he ends up running off because he gets a call from the junkie who he hired. And it turns out that they've done this sort of thing before, that a long time ago they were approached by this weird, creepy dude who told them they could make a lot of money off of celebrity sex toys and things like that if they, if they yeah. sold them on eBay. So he... And it's much more if there's still fluid on it, too. That's what's messed up. <laughs> he, he kind of uh, turned this into a side business. And uh, so it turns out that what the junkies were there looking for was her dildo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really bizarre story. Oh, uh, but the funny part is the freaking hobo MMA. That's the best part. Well, the, his his black friend uh, Randall, I think his name is. He's a very weird dude, and he's very into like bizarre, perverted stuff. Like for fun, he rents a helicopter and then <laughs> fires a turret at golfers. Like, <laughs> like, and he gets away with it too because all of his friends work on the police force. Like, he just does all kinds of. He's cool as hell. Really, man. Yeah, he's. I mean. 
MMA bo- hobo boxing. He started an MMA <laughs> hobo boxing ring. He's got millions of dollars. This guy's crazy. Come on, man. You're the champ. How's he the champ? He's not even throwing a fist. No, he just stands there. He, he just, gets all methed up. and he, He's so drugged <laughs> out. He doesn't, doesn't feel pain. So the guys just hit on him and hit on him. He doesn't feel any of it. And they wear themselves out and then eventually collapse. He's the champ. <laughs> That's a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> These bums haven't eaten for weeks. <laughs> and it's his bum, too. That's what's funny. Yeah, the fix was excellent. Uh, it's really hard to explain because you have to have been reading it from the very beginning to understand what's going on with all the characters and everything. And they're only on issue six, so I think the first trade is probably out. Yeah, we didn't um, even touch on his partner with the dog this time. Yeah, this is my favorite series of this year. I've loved the fix from the very beginning. So if you haven't read it, go pick up the trade. I'm pretty sure it's out now. Uh, you'll you'll like it. I guarantee it. So you like books about corrupted cops and killing people. I like and- <laughs> I like quality writing, and Nick Spencer is one of the best writers out there right now. He's doing such a fantastic job. Comic book, Black People Lives Matter, bro. Okay? <laughs> I, I never said they didn't. I never said they didn't. Well, what about you, Ben? Have you been reading anything lately that you want to talk about? I uh, haven't read too much lately. The The last book that got me good and excited was that He-Man and Thundercats finally crossed over. Yeah, I loved it. That was my pick of the week last week. Same here. That, that made me very happy because that crossover happened so often back when I was a kid because... That's what I played with. <laughs> and now to get to see it play out in someone else's story is, is pretty interesting. I, I really enjoyed what they did there. That's actually the last comic I read. I picked out a bunch of new books this week. I haven't picked them up yet. I work at a comic shop and get paid in comics. so <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> I know, right? Damn. Save some money. <laughs> and so I just, you know, don't worry about picking them up when I, because I'm not going to have time to read them right now. I've got other stuff going on at the moment. you got a con in but, two weeks, so I'd imagine you're a little preoccupied with that. <laughs> pretty much. And the other book that just keeps making me happy every time an issue actually comes out is Afterlife with Archie. Hey, yeah, that's a good one, too. The, that's the last two that I read last week. I haven't read anything this past week at all. That's okay. Um, if you listen to the show, you know that Miguel and I are... are two of the hugest He-Man fans out there. We we love He-Man, and I, I love Thundercats, personally. Like, I have all the series on DVD. I've watched it, like, three times all the way through. <laughs> I, I played with all those toys when I was a kid, too, and, uh, you know, the nostalgia factor for those is so much higher than pretty much anything else out there for me. I, like, exactly. I, I still love He-Man. I, and speaking of that, you got Pop Mahan coming to Brazos Valley Con. I'm really excited to meet him and get him to draw a, a Beast Man for me. <laughs> exactly, and we're going to have... Our Speed Pass badges that we're selling, they're going to have original artwork by him of He-Man. Oh, that's awesome. Or possibly a couple of different characters because we have, one hasn't been announced yet, but we have two different guests from the He-Man cartoons. So we're pretty excited. One will be her first ever Texas convention appearance. Very cool. And she'll be announced tomorrow. (laughs) Well, this won't air until tomorrow, so if you want to go ahead and spoil it. Okay. Well, we have Melanie Britt, the voice of Shira, Catra, Scorpia, Castaspella. This is her first time ever in Texas at a convention. She grew up in Houston, started acting at the Alley Theater, but this is her first ever convention appearance in Texas, and we are tickled pink to have her. That's awesome. And f- for all the little girls from the 80s, y'all are going to be very pleased because sitting right next to her will be. Samantha Newark, so you can get your picture taken with Jim and Shira in one swipe. Go, you got to get a picture with Jim. <laughs> nice. Are her fans called holograms? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm upset because Merman's not going to be there. Actually, he is. What? Actually, he is. Whoa! One more time. <laughs> we, uh, Alan Oppenheimer will be there, so oh, yeah. he's going to. We had the opportunity just, to, to talk to Alan uh, last time he was in Houston, and uh, Miguel does a pretty good merman voice, as you just heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a great interview where Miguel and Alan had a whole conversation, both of them as merman. <laughs> it's, it's well, re- wait, were they really both merman, or was one of them sea spray? No, they were Transformers. They were both merman. <laughs> there, there's a slight difference between merman and sea spray, as Alan explained to us, mm-hmm. uh, and he showed us the difference when he spoke of both, but they're very close. <laughs> nice. It was a great time. I was just in awe. Yeah, Alan's <laughs> Alan's so much fun to talk to. But uh, yes, he is. No, I can't wait to go. <laughs> you got fun. me now. I'm there. Okay, well, let's finish our comics real quick, and then we'll get back <laughs> to talking about the con. Uh, what was your pick of the week, Miguel? All Star Batman number three. Scott Snyder, John Romita Jr. Yeah, this one was excellent too. This was definitely a contender for my top three. Uh, you get to find out the history of uh, Batman or Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and Harvey Dent. Uh, a little bit more, at least. They were, yeah. they were friends as children, 
and uh, they kind of looked out for each other. And that's why Batman's so adamant about trying to protect Harvey's good side mm -hmm. now that they're adults. And even though Two-Face doesn't really know that Batman is Bruce, uh, you get to kind of see this weird dynamic where B Bruce as Batman goes out of his way to make sure that Two-Face doesn't get hurt or doesn't get killed, even though they're at odds with each other. Um, the reason this book is so good, though, isn't really about the, the friendship story. It's about the action. KG Beast shows up, and uh, he goes ape shit <laughs> just like everything batman throws at him he deflects he beats you know he, he's kind of a badass dude he, he skewers both of them and picks him up you think that you know, he like has him on a fishing line like yeah. tied together you think they're gonna die uh and then batman pulls out the bat knuckles which was like super cheesy <laughs> but also kind of awesome and uh managed to to knock him away and they escape with the barely, help of duke with the help of duke yeah who told him he wasn't gonna come but he did um it's it's been really fun. I've really been enjoying All Star Batman. Yeah, but you also hear uh, Two Face talk to Batman there. At the, I don't want to give it away, but what he does at the end is messed up. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic <laughs> series so far. Um, it's all about this this bet that Two Face makes with Batman that Batman can't get him to this house before uh, anybody kills him. And and the thing is, uh, he has all these secrets and all this knowledge about all the high end people in Gotham that he's going to turn over to whoever manages to stop them from getting to that house. So. Every criminal, everybody who has any money, they're all after it. So it's a lot of fun. It's very much like a like a Mad Max-style race to the end. Yeah. I'm liking it a lot. I like on the one scene how those guys were making fun of the penguin, mm -hmm. and he roasted him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you got to make sure you cook it good enough. <laughs> like, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> gotta love I keep on hearing Burgess Meredith talk every time I, I read it with the penguin. He's going to mortar your rock. Get up, you bum, because Mickey loves you. <laughs> Man, I love you know I love old school Batman. It's like the greatest thing in the world growing up to. That's my big time nostalgia thing. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love it? You know, especially the movie. I got the movie right there. I was watching it like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> bat shark repellent. Nice. That's why when you said the bat knuckles, it just cracked me up. Yeah. Uh, so my pick of the week was Reborn Number One. It's a new book from Mark Millar and Greg Capullo. Suck ass. I, I like Millar's writing. I like a lot of his stories, and I love Capullo's art. So. He's afraid Capullo going to come down here, kick your ass, and put his book in the top. He is a very, <laughs> he is a very scary man. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> but I, I wanted to read this, and I was excited to check it out. It's a very interesting story. It's about this atheist woman who has lived her entire life, never believing in anything, never expecting an afterlife. She thinks people that have religion are dumb. And then she dies, and when she wakes up after dying, she's young again mm -hmm. and she's in this world where she's like dressed like a, a sorceress and there's all these people around her that are you know fantasy type archetype characters you know there's like a barbarian there's like a wizard there's like an elf rogue kind of guy but they're all people that she knew in her lifetime mm -hmm. and including the dog yeah it's like her dog who died her dad her, her ex-husband who died like everybody who mattered to her exists in this world and they're trying to fight against like monsters and dragons and stuff so it's very interesting. I'm not sure where they're going with this. It's very short, uh, the first issue, but it's enough to whet your appetite and really get you excited to read more. So I'm, I dug the first issue quite a bit. Whet your appetite? <laughs> what? The look on your face when you said that just gave me the creeps, man. <laughs> like my new Facebook picture? Yeah, nice! <laughs> you know we did that on purpose, and then, then you exploited it to make me look like some kind of real creeper. I don't have to explain very hard. To nice! <laughs> but no, the book is good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was in my top three. Top four. Excuse me. It was number four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to die and come back and fight dragons? Seriously. I mean, that's about as good an afterlife as I can imagine. I mean, you'd probably be the princess. I'd probably be the king or something like that. You know? why, why would I be the princess? Because <laughs> trust me, we all know why you'd be the princess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> It's a good book, man. Pick it up seriously. You'll really like it. And for all you atheists, you'll like it too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Well, that wraps up comics for the week. Let's go back to talking about Brazos Valley Comic Con and you, Ben. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners everything there is to know about your Comic Con? Oh, dear. Where should I start? <laughs> this is our second year up there in Bryan. Uh, we started last year with... Only comic guests. We just had four or five come in, and the Kubert School, and they came in, and they all had a great time. They enjoyed everything about the con, loved what we were doing, focusing on comics, taking it back old school. Um, this year, we've added media guests to go with our 80s theme. Uh, it seems like the media guests you've invited are people that are related to comics or related to the, like you said, the 80s theme. And, and I think that 
is something unique that you don't really see a whole lot in comic conventions. Like I, I love the fact that you're primarily a comic convention and that you kind of focus on guests that cater to that because so many, so many other ones are just like, Oh, it's, you know, random actor from Terminator, which is cool. Yeah. But it's like, you know, what does that have to do with comics? Can you get a Ric Flair? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> or wrestler. <laughs> and, and that's what we look at. Um, you know, so many cons throw in 50 to 60 media guests and I feel quality over quantity. And we just reaching out for different people that you don't see at every other convention is what we were trying to do. Now, granted, Samantha Newark's made the rounds. You can see her at a lot of different shows, but she is such a wonderful person. Meeting her in person, working with her, we filmed the one commercial with her. She is just one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. And the just fulfilled my wife's dream. We shot a commercial with Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And it just freaks her out that every time I'm on the phone with someone, it's someone that she grew up watching. And, of course, I'm freaking out, too, but I can't on the phone with the people. Right. Well, <laughs> you got to maintain have, that, that professionalism. <laughs> yeah. And I've only been starstruck three times in my life now, and once was just a few weeks ago when I got to meet Lee Majors. Oh, cool. And he's guy. interested in <laughs> – exactly. That's what I grew up with him as. I wasn't – a six million dollar man fan but i grew up with fall guy i love watching him on the big valley and then i'm standing there in front of him talking to him (laughs) (laughs) but um he's interested in next year by the way but um we've got you know different ones and stranger things come out some show that nobody had ever heard of that all of a sudden became the biggest thing of the year and set in 1983 and the first words you see on the screen, November 6th, 1983. And I'm watching it thinking, well, if this is any good, we've got a nice tie in there because we're on the 33rd anniversary of whatever happens in this show. So, <laughs> and then the show was, of course, phenomenal. And we managed to get Chester Rushing and Chelsea Talmadge, the, the teenage bullies everyone loves to hate. <laughs> and we've added Lucas um, Caleb McLaughlin, he's going to be there. The only place you'll get to see him in Texas this year. And we've got another Stranger Things cast member that we can't announce yet. I love but him. We've got a, I love him. <laughs> we have another one. So we're very happy about that. Um, Mr. Belding is very excited. Dennis Haskins, he <laughs> yeah. can't wait to be here. I saw, I saw nice. him on the, the site, and I just I cracked up. That's going to be – I can't wait to talk to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's going to also be a judge in the costume contest, if I'm understanding correctly. Very cool. I asked his, his manager if he'd be interested, and all I got was, I'm sure he would be. I'll find out. I never got an answer from him, so we're hoping he's going to be a judge in the costume contest. Very cool. And then Huggy Bear will be there from Starsky and Hutch, <laughs> oh, Antonio man. Fargus, along with an actual screen-used Gran Torino from the TV series. Wow. Uh, and Miguel's going to go crazy with the photos. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't have no idea how much we talk about Starsky and Hutch at work when you're never there. Oh, <laughs> huggy bear, man. <laughs> Come on. My dad's going to be like, holy crap. <laughs> and to my knowledge, this is his first Texas convention appearance as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I haven't seen him listed anywhere else the last few years, so no telling. Parker Stevenson's excited about coming in. And that's, of course, got the people, the, the ladies, about five years older than me. They're very excited he'll be there because that was their teen heartthrob when they were growing up. And just the different people that we got is just amazing to me rather than just having the same old, same old that I'm used to seeing at other cons yeah, lineups. Uh, that's what I was trying to say before. I mean, uh, the fact that you don't have a whole lot of Power Rangers coming is, is awesome. <laughs> we we have an unwritten rule here at STX. We don't want Power Rangers. Every con in Texas is like, let's bring 15 Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, 15 Red Rangers, the Green Ranger, and we're good. And my thought is, you can go to any other con in Texas to meet the Power Rangers. We don't need them at ours. <laughs> I, I respect that a lot, actually. <laughs> um. Also, with our, our He-Man voice guests, we have Tom Cook and Mike Toth, who were animators on He-Man. Very cool. And they they are awesome guys. They do some amazing artwork. It is just to look on their tables and see what you grew up watching. It looking exactly like it looked 35 years ago is just 
a dream. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go around and get a bunch and, of Beast Man sketches from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is gonna be an amazing show. We've I'm really happy with our all of our guests. We got so many different comic creators coming in. Yeah, let's, let's talk about them for a minute. That's where I was kind of going before. Uh, yes. So you got Ted McKeever coming, which is one of the ones on your list that I'm super excited for because he writes some of the most weird independent books that are out there, and I love every single one of them that I've read, but I've never even come close to getting a chance to meet the guy because he doesn't come to cons in Texas. Right. And he he signed on with us. Gosh, we we found out our dates last October, last Halloween. I think it's two weeks later we had Ted McKeever as a guest. And we were, oh, that's awesome. And he's excited about being here. It's his 30th anniversary in the comics business. So that's always fun to have some kind of something like that to promote. And we worked hard to try to get, you know, people that people love to see, like Carlo Barberi, who is just an amazing guy, does amazing artwork, loves to sell his original pages very cheaply. I actually have two or three of them. (laughs) He's he's a super nice guy. He is, and you know, Ken Lashley agreed. Um, he come in because, I can't think of his name. Oh, let me go down to the bottom of the page here. Who, who was it that canceled on us? Um, Andy Price. Andy Price had to cancel. He had something else come up that he wasn't going to be able to come, so the, the rep that was speaking for him, he said, I can find you someone else. So what's really cool is at San Diego Comic-Con, our little con up here in Bryan, Texas, is getting mentioned to – Lots of different comic artists and spoken around all over San Diego, and we got Ken Lashley. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool. And then Howard Chaikin's coming in. I've always loved Chaikin's work. I was reading American Flag back in the early 80s when I shouldn't have been. I didn't. Everything went over <laughs> my head just about, but I just liked it because it was weird. And I got to meet him last year at another con, but this year he's going to be at my con. Yeah, so. that's, that's got to be a great feeling. Like I, I met him at uh, I think the same con you're talking about, and uh, he's a super nice guy. So it'll be nice to reconnect for sure. Yeah, and what was great last year talking to him? You see a lot of different comic cards. They'll have their card out on the table. I was speaking with Howard Chaykin. He said, "Let me give you my card. It's go into the bag, pull out a a special bag inside the bag, and pull out the card wallet, and then hand you a card." So not everybody has Howard Chaykin's business cards. <laughs> yeah, I got a collection. Like of, I got a collection of those cards <laughs> that you get from, from writers and artists that not everybody else gets, and it's kind of cool having them. It is. It's it's <laughs> great to have it and to have those contacts and just to be able to talk to them. And then you know, Pat Mahan, like you said, excited as hell to have him because I love what DC did. Well, I can't even think of who was writing. I know, um, and was it Andy Lanning? Uh, writing the He-Man comic, or was it the other one? It was uh, it was him for a while, and then it was Tim Seeley. I'm not sure okay. which uh, which batch it was that Pop did the art for. Uh, he did a little bit of art on on all three runs of it: the the miniseries, the first ongoing, and then the Eternity War. He did art on all three, and you know, again, it's trying to match our '80s theme. Get people that have worked on properties that are from the '80s is what we were working on doing, and his artwork just blows me away on the the he-man stuff oh he's and he's I'm, the best there's there's no yes. other way to say it he's the best and i was so glad when the he-man thundercats comic we were about talking about came out because yay dc didn't throw away the license even though they canceled that series there's hope they, they could come back and do something different so i'm very happy about that and then finding out well i guess wildstorm had the thundercats rights all those years ago so i guess it only stands to reason dc would now but I'd love to see a Thundercats ongoing. I don't know if it'll happen, but that'd be so same much fun. here. <laughs> I would love that. And then Sarah Richard, she does the different variant covers for the Jim comics and My Little Pony, Bob's Burgers. Hey, Miguel, which are all... get your My Little Pony sign. Uh, no, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> It's messed up, man, because the wife yesterday was looking at puppy stickers. She was talking about nostalgia stuff, and she found some puppy stickers. I, used to, I said, I used to have those, too. And then she found a bunch of unicorns. Hey, look, I can get you some of these. It's like, you and Justin are not funny. <laughs> we, we know you love the horses, man. Nice. Stop denying it. I had Mr. T puffy stickers when I was a kid. <laughs> I had He-Man ones. <laughs> I had those, too. <laughs> ah, Smurfs. And then Timothy Lim is coming in. He does a lot of different variant covers over at IDW. 90% of them are on 80s properties like Back to the Future, Transformers. Jeez, oh, what else do they have over there? they got so many different titles. IDW is producing most of my childhood. 
and I'm happy with that they've got all these different licenses and brought all these characters back to the comics medium. And even though I'm upset with them changing the history of Mask <laughs> for whatever PC reasons, I don't mind a black character being the leader. But you're dealing with a team that already had a black character. Put him as the leader. Incapacitate Matt Tracker for whatever reason. Raise Hondo up to be the leader. To me, that would be more empowering to your readers because now you're seeing that, oh, even though he wasn't the leader, now he is. And then they get to trick out a wheelchair, too. <laughs> it's all about the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, don't, don't change the characters all the time, damn it. You don't have to do that crap. The people that you're trying to impress are sick of it, too. They want their own characters, whatever race it may be. They want their own characters, not recycled white guys. <laughs> you're not but, wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're recycled. <laughs> Saving the planet, man. <laughs> what? So it's only a matter of time until Captain Planet comes back, right? Like we have to be expecting Let's a see. Captain Planet comic before too much longer. <laughs> it shouldn't be too long. We're almost at that 30th anniversary for him. Hard to believe. That that's when I start feeling old. When the stuff that came out when I was a teenager starts getting 30 years old, it it makes me realize I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get a, a new movie about Captain Planet that's like in the new Power Rangers style. Have you seen the tra- the trailer for the new Power Rangers? It actually looks pretty, I did. pretty good. Like I'm surprised how good it looks. I think that uh, <laughs> Captain Planet movie in the same kind of vein would be a lot of fun. <laughs> no. Come on Hunt. now. <laughs> oh. Earth, wind, fire, heart, heart. <laughs> One of these kids is doing their own thing. <laughs> I'm not going to roll with you on that one. Sorry. <laughs> it'd be, and it'd be great if it's bear. like the same Captain Planet from 30 years ago. Oh, my God. Now, now he's like 60, 60 years old and fat and his shirt doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> His midriff bearing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to throw up. I'll be right back. <laughs> Captain Mullet. That's right, man. Um, Party in the back, business in the front. <laughs> and that business is saving the planet. That's right. <laughs> he came here to chew bubble gum and save the planet. And he's out of bubble gum. <laughs> Oh, and then I, it just proves that we did stuff right last year the way we had the, treated the guests and did everything because Art to Bear could not wait to come back this year. That's awesome. Uh, only in our second year, and we've got our first returning guest. <laughs> That's really cool. That's a good thing, though. I mean, how, how was your attendance last year? Was it pretty good? Attendance was pretty good. Um, it was Sadly, we were up against the opening weekend of RenFest last year. And I did not know we were going to be when we got our dates that were available and I took them. I was excited because I knew it would be the weekend after opening weekend because I don't do RenFest myself. It's not my bag, but all my life it was first weekend of October. I did not know that when they went to the Black Friday weekend after Thanksgiving that it made their opening weekend move. So we sort of got a bad kettle of fish on that one, but we still had decent attendance. Everyone was enjoyed the show overall, so that you know, vendor and artist wise. So you know, we we apparently did something right in light of that. We still had right at twenty five hundred people show up That's for awesome. the first year, and it's pretty good when we didn't have any of the nerds, geeks, freaks, weirdos, whatever you want to call us, whatever your word for us is. They were all at Renfest, so everyone that came were a lot of first timers. And they were just blown away by this is going on here in town. (laughs) 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 And then this year we're coming back and like I say, bigger than bigger than we were, better than we were. And really ready to knock their socks off this year with what we're doing. That's awesome. I'm sure that this year there'll be a much bigger turnout because you don't have the same weekend competition as you did last time. Definitely. Yeah. And guess what? We'll have Houston's premier comic book podcast there as well. That would be you and me. <laughs> yes. Creeping everyone out. <laughs> Come meet the creepy horse. Nice. <laughs> well, they'll get to meet the horse and the merman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both mermen. <laughs> you can go stand beside Alan Alheimer's table and just be like, this guy. You know? <laughs> Hopefully he remembers me. I don't think he'll forget you. Nice. People keep saying you're unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way? I'm not sure. 
Cool. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to going. Uh, George and I are going to be there as guests as well, promoting our comic book, Speak No Evil. Really Which is excellent, that. by the way. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So you're going to leave Please. me roaming around again by myself? <laughs> I'll, I'll hang out with you. Don't worry. It'll be okay. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not as big floor space-wise as other conventions, so... He'll never be too god awful far away from you. I'll be able to. I'll be able to see your horse head across the room. Like no, you don't have to. You won't, you won't get lost. No, no, worry. it's not that small. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I mean. Are you going to be able to like? How do you say? Control the issue when you're not around. <laughs> I learned a long time ago, man. There's no controlling what you say. <laughs> so, uh, Ben, how many podcasts do you guys you have guys coming in to do coverage? Um, we've got. We know two, y'all, and. Um, They've changed their name. I think it's Nerd Sloth now. It used BS to be excluded. BS Excluded. Yeah, we know those but, people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're good friends. I know. We all ate dinner together once with tons of other people. So. Yeah. yeah, you but, you have met Ben. You were asking me if you knew him. Uh, that time we had dinner at, uh, was it Space City Con? Yeah. We all went to eat at the Chacho's afterwards. Ben was there. I introduced you. Space City Con. <laughs> we had a Chacho's? Mm-hmm. Afterwards, remember we tried, we tried to go to Papacitos and it was too full, and we went, ended up going to Chacho. Oh yeah, okay. So which one was Ben? <laughs> the bald one. <laughs> I meet too many people. <laughs> no, no. I, I think I remember you. Now, I know ben. that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to think of where I had introduced you guys because I knew I had. I just couldn't remember where. But yeah, that's where it was. Yeah, it's. We're excited to have y'all come out, and because I first met Justin last year. I'm sorry. At a at a comic <laughs> store. <laughs> for a Kevin Smith signing, and and he danced with me behind me, and I didn't know he was dancing with me. <laughs> well, you can't really say it like that. But it's, it's a little different. Uh, uh, what, you don't like the vagueness? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the video is still out there. If people want to go see it, it's it's funny. Uh, How come I've never seen this video? So, Kerry <laughs> Gordon, our our friend, the host of Metal Geeks podcast, uh, he also works for Comic Palooza, and they were giving away free passes to Fanfare. For anybody that would do the Alfonso Ribeiro Carlton dance, so hey, we got to meet him. Ben was in the front of the line uh, to go in to meet Kevin Smith, and we asked him if he wanted to to dance. And everybody else we had asked had said no, but Ben was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it." And uh, Carrie was like, "Justin, you dance too." And I was like, "Okay." So I stood behind Ben and I like mimicked him as we were both dancing in unison to the Carlton dance. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and uh, it got posted to the Comic Palooza Facebook page, so uh, it's still up there if anybody wants to go laugh at us. <laughs> I have to go find it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> and what I hear is that was the only video on there for a while, so it was getting so many views. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go look for it. <laughs> I think he had a hard time getting people to do that dance. but yeah. And in, even me, who's willing and ready to do it, I couldn't remember it because it's been quite a few years since I watched Fresh Prince. So <laughs> <laughs> It was fun, though. He, he, was, he was a lot of fun to talk to, too. He's an entertaining guy. Oh, yeah, he was. It was a great time. Yeah, uh, I spoke with him as well, and I have to agree with you. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, go ahead and plug the show one more time. Tell people when it's going to be, where it's going to be, where they can get tickets. Uh, Brazos Valley Comic Con is on November 5th and 6th at the Brazos County Expo Center in Bryan, Texas. You can go to stxcon.com to get your tickets there, right on the big ticket link on the homepage when you first get there. Opens at 10 on Saturday, 10.30 on Sunday. Got after parties at a couple of different bars on Saturday night that are going to be a lot of fun. On the 4th, we're going to have a big opening ceremony, 80s dance party at Revolution Cafe and Bar in downtown Bryan. Um, that's, that's Why are you looking at me like that? Ah, Lord have mercy. <laughs> it, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Chester Rushing is also going to be performing at the Village um, 979 Art Cafe in downtown Bryan. Because like so many people from Stranger Things, he's also a musician. Oh, and cool. the village sponsored his appearance, and he's going to be performing there in their cafe. I think that's going to be on Friday night. I don't know the exact times yet because the village hasn't told me what time he'll be performing. But that'll be on Friday night also. Very cool. Well, we're looking forward to it. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Man, I would love to go to the dance you. thing, but I don't think I'm going to make it now. Why? Not to the dance thing. It's the last <laughs> uh, football game of the season. It's against the rival, my boys' varsity team, for the, for the probably, probably district championship. You can make up for it Saturday night. 
Just have your own dance party. Nice. I'll record it. Well, Saturday night, one of the after parties is going to be a karaoke after party at the Cowboy Club in Bryan, and it is going to be a lot of fun. There you go. Merman singing and... country. <laughs> <laughs> so come on out, guys. Now, now you know what to look for. No. Nice. <laughs> They got all kinds of music there. They got country and western, so you don't have to. But <laughs> 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 no, that, that is my favorite karaoke bar that I've ever found. I love doing karaoke. They wanted to be a sponsor. We went in there, checked them out one Saturday night because they do karaoke three or four times a week. Saturday is one of the big nights they do it, and it just makes me happy because it's not on a Thursday or something like that. It's on a night that I'm actually willing to go out. And I told them, okay, can you find you know. One of the Adam Sandler songs that I've wanted to sing for years, and also Let's Duet by Dewey Cox from Walk Hard, The Legend of Dewey Cox, or whatever the name of the movie is. Mm -hmm. They found the songs. Nice. No one else has ever had those songs, so me and my wife finally got to get up on stage and do Let's Duet in front of people for the first time ever, and that made me very happy. (laughs) That's very cool. It's a fun movie, too. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So do you have a uh, Twitter handle that we could, like, uh, tweet out about as well? Uh, we do. What is our Twitter handle? Uh, oh, let me look right here. Everything's sort of the same, but a couple of them are a little different. Twitter is Brazos Valley CC at Brazos Valley CC. I guess I should say. Gotcha. Remember the 5th through the 6th, and on the 4th, you get freaky on the dance floor. Gotcha. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it. You know, we got two two DJs playing that Friday night. They're going to be battling each other with different '80s tunes. So it's going to be. I'm sad that I'm going to miss most of it because we'll be at the convention doing setup for all the vendors and artists. So, if you want uh, any more podcasters that may want to come out, cover the con, or do interviews as well, how do they? How would you like for them to reach out to you via Twitter or anything? Or because I know a few people. Uh, that may, could, I know some people that may want to come. They could reach out through Twitter, or they could also just go to our website, and we have a panel registration form on the registration tab. They could uh, just do it there, and and in the notes area, just put that they're a podcast, and they would like to come and cover the event. Okay. I will tell you. All right. I appreciate it. No problem. Since I know a lot of people. Since you're (laughs) Mr. Popularity over here. Well, okay. He's in Bryan, Texas, home of the Aggies. Hello. Like People that are attending College Station right now are going to come hang out with me. I'm going to tweet that out and watch all these college kids come because they know me. College kids? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I coached most of them, okay? What can I say? Okay. <laughs> I was a high school, high school basketball coach for many years. So a lot of my last class are, are attending A&M. So a lot of kids nice. there, will, they see me, they're going to want to come out and see a me. likely so. excuse. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whatever. Ever see a championship ring? <laughs> Not on you. That's right. I don't have one. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. Uh-oh. Time for Tell Me a Funny Story. Miguel, you want to go first? Oh. Uh. You know I hate funny stories. I don't live a funny life. You know this. I live a tragic life. I'm friends with you. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? Tragedy plus time equals comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my eyes. <laughs> Dig deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see here. So anyway, so last night we decided to have a family dinner. And we're like, what do you want to go eat? And actually, it was one of the few times the camera was at home. Um, so he decided, hey, let's go to Five Guys. Like, okay. All right. Sure. First, he mentioned Buffalo Wild Wings, and I'm like, well, that's good. But then he goes, no, nah, I really want to go to Five Guys. Okay. Because you remember that time you took Braden and you said you were going to take me? Well, it's been 10 years, and you still haven't taken me yet. <laughs> it's like, shut up. <laughs> and then he breaks out, hey, Braden, remember that time Mike loved us? Yeah, I don't remember that anymore. <laughs> so that starts the whole night. So we drive up to Five Guys. So we get there, and we all order our food, and I'm like, let me get a bacon cheeseburger. Because we want a single or bigger? What? Uh, let me have the double. Okay. What would you like on it? The usual tomato, lettuce, uh, mayonnaise, or whatever. You know, I'm just talking, spilling stuff out. She so goes, okay, what about any of this other stuff? Would you like some grilled onions? Yeah, that sounds kind of good. Would you like some barbecue sauce? No. Would you like this? No. And Manita goes, look, the, the thing is right here in front of you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm good with just that. That's fine. <laughs> Would you like some fries and a drink? Oh, yeah. Cajun or regular? Like, damn, there's so many choices here. <laughs> I'll take Cajun. 
Okay, cool. So I finally got to walk away. My order by itself, $15. Yeah, it's expensive there. What the freak? <laughs> anyway. Well, also, like an order of fries is for four people, not for one. Well, mine was a small bag. Yeah. It was a small <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody liked the Cajun fries better than regular fries, to be honest with you, so you know that. So that's not even the funny story. So we get to the table, and we sit down and start eating, and all of a sudden, Brandon goes, hey, Mom, what? Something's missing. What? My burger. Holy shit, boy, did you chew? <laughs> like, it's gone. I mean, I mean, I was eating fast, and I think I had like three-fourths of mine still left. He'd already inhaled his. Like, damn. But anyway, so that was a funny thing. But the funny part was Cameron. He goes, hey, we got a couple of jokes. What's that? Let me show you. So he pulls a napkin out. Well, okay, there's a story. You know, they were trying to pick up who can make this piece of paper rise up. You know, so a guy goes, so a guy goes, I'll do it first. So he folds it once, he folds it twice. So it looks like a little airplane type thing, and it doesn't rise. The guy goes, I can do this. I know how to make this paper rise up. So he folds it again, and he goes, ah, nothing to do it. A girl goes, I can make it rise. So she makes one fold and starts folding up, and it starts rising up, and it starts rising up. And you look at it, it's a dick. <laughs> it starts going up like, what the hell, man? <laughs> so Cameron's raising this paper up, and it looks like a big penis just growing. <laughs> Like, get that out of here. You know, we're looking at everybody's like looking at us and he just busts out laughing. Then he takes it and slaps Brayden in the face with it. It's pretty damn funny. As you do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we're sitting there laughing. But then he does another one. Of course, this one was the female humanity. I don't know the whole joke, but, but it's freaking funny. Anita just shook her head like, oh, my God. It's like, and I looked at my wife. They really learn a lot in school, don't they? <laughs> That's good learning, good training. How to make paper dicks and paper vaginas. Who, I got Donald Trump over here? <laughs> so it was like. But yeah, it was it was kind of funny because I'm like, what the what is that? Wait, is that a dick? <laughs> and I said it like that too, <laughs> not realizing there's people all around us. Well, you're never very much aware of who's around you when you talk. Well, I forgot to use the inside voice. <laughs> so yeah, that was the story about me yelling out loud in a restaurant. Is that a dick? <laughs> it's not the first time. Nice. <laughs> so there you go. There's my funny story. I forgot all about that. All right. <laughs> and the fact that we went to Five Guys, we walk up there, and there's a place called The Fish Place. Yeah, The Fish Place, right next to GameStop, you know, right there yeah, by I the... Yeah, uh, I know. Anyway, so uh, Braden, the last time it was just Braden, me and his mom was like, Mom, let's go to The Fish Place. She goes, I don't want to go to no thing called The Fish Place. That's probably nasty. Braden's like, it's really good. So, so we went somewhere else. So last night, Cameron goes, oh, you know what? I changed my mind, Mom. Let's go to The Fish Place. And he's like, what the hell is wrong with you two? The Fish Place. She goes, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I told her, yeah, I took them here once and they ate me out of uh, out of my wallet because they ate so much. They got catfish and boudon and some other crap. I, they were just ordering because they love seafood. So mm-hmm. it was crazy. <laughs> well, I ain't going to no damn fish place. That's what my wife says. <laughs> I'm with her. Oh, well, I didn't like fish that much. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not my thing either. Because, you know, Cameron eat mussels and, and clams and all that crap and Braden will too. But Anita's not, that's not her bagger, you know. <laughs> All right, well, that was mildly funny. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> what about you? And when you, go, and when you go to the part of, I don't know how the joke goes, all I could think was, there you two fellas standing on a bridge. Mm. <laughs> one of them said the water was cold. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. And the other one said, other it, was said it was deep. Mm. Uh, one of them was remarking, or some such. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that voice. <laughs> What about you, Ben? Have you got a got a funny story set up for us? He just gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can I can stick with the restaurant inappropriate theme, I guess. There you go. Years ago, back when the kettle still existed in the Houston area, the kettle. We used to always go, love to go hang out at the kettle because whatever we were doing at night, it was always open, so we could always go there and eat. And it was me and my three friends that we always hung out with each other. That's we always went out every weekend. Did mainly what we did. We were bad boys. We went and hop from store to store, checking the clearance racks and the toy sections and buying toys. <laughs> Rubbles. Um, <laughs> we paved the way for everybody to wear a Superman or Spider-Man or whatever shirt nowadays and to be able to go to Walmart and pick up said item when you couldn't 25 years ago. You had to go to a comic shop to get a comic character on a T-shirt. But we were sitting in the kettle. We're all sitting there talking about God knows what. The place is just loud. It's packed with people. And we're carrying on a conversation. Our one friend, Patrick, he's not really in the conversation. They're playing music, and, and he's singing along to the music that's playing. It was um, Planet Soul by whoever did that song. 
As, Welcome to my planet soul. We're carrying on the conversation. Patrick's sitting there singing along. And then just all of a sudden, everyone in the restaurant stops talking at the same time. And Patrick's singing, coming to my asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I heard forks drop because people turned and looked. And we, all three of us, turned and looked at him. And if you could measure the color of red, he turned. (laughs) And then everyone all around us just laughs, busted out. And... That's kind of it. That wasn't very funny. It's only funny if you know it. It's had to be there. (laughs) I don't don't know. I mean, I I think we've all got a friend like that. I mean, I have one sitting right across from me. (laughs) I'm familiar with the experience. (laughs) Just because I like to break out in the song doesn't mean anything, and it's not the right words, or it's whatever. (laughs) I usually sing my own made-up words to every song. So (laughs) He sings It's Raining Men everywhere he goes. I'm just like, dude, do you not know what that song is about? I, I don't know how many times I tried to explain it to him, but he still does it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was in the car with my kids growing up, my, my poor babies, <laughs> my daughter, my oldest, uh, the radio would come on, song would play, and they'd actually get a kick out of it when I would make up different words for the songs. And half the time it wasn't PC, but they'd always, they'd always laugh at it. Now my two kids, now with my wife, they're like, man, you're so lame. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll laugh every once in a while. But yeah, they're, they're, it's kind of different. I guess I'm older now, and so I'm not as cool as I used to be. Really? I, I, what? <laughs> You're not funny. <laughs> like, the other day, we're listening to my music, and, and Camper's like, hey, Mike, you need to really get some new music, man. That music's kind of old. What are you talking about? It's like 2016. It's really old, man. It's lame. <laughs> <laughs> You're not cool, Dad. You're delusional. <laughs> they just hate it because everybody knows I'm cool, and they're not as cool as I am. <laughs> Man, you love to you love to prove them right, don't you? Hey, man, people come up to me and like, hey, how you doing, sir? How's it going, sir? Fist bump, sir. Respect, sir. I'm telling you. It's because I have the ability to talk to anybody. You know this. I can talk to anyone and anybody anywhere at any time. Doesn't even matter. Is that your new catchphrase? You know this? You say that way too much. <laughs> no. It went from, is that a code for sex, to you know this? I haven't used that one in a while because you haven't said anything where I can say, is that a code for sex? <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, let's move on. Those were both pretty funny. I'll bring it back. Uh, let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. What do you guys want to talk about first? Comics. And by the way, I'm going to bring sex yeah. back at Brazos Valley Comic Con. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> so uh, for comics, DC is leading in sales for the third month in a row. Hey, we called it. Yeah, I'm not surprised. We said earlier DC was going to kick some butt on this. Rebirth has been doing really well. Batman actually is the number one selling title. Nice. Third month in a row. Batman or All-Star Batman? Uh, just Batman. Batman? Yeah. Nice. Pretty now, cool. just think how much more money it would make if Steve was writing it. I'm just saying. I think something like that's probably on the horizon. Mm. Oh. Uh, they also announced a six-issue Justice League Power Rangers crossover for January. I saw that. I don't know how I feel about that. What? Who's writing? Uh, it's being written by Tom Taylor and drawn by Stephen Byrne. I don't really know how I feel about that either. They're, they're, I don't know much about Tom Taylor. Their universes are so vastly different from each other that I don't really see how that works. Superman going to punch the Pink Ranger. Like, you can do a He-Man Thundercats <laughs> crossover because they're both, you know, they're, they're not the same. You know, both worlds are very different, but there's a certain, like, fantastical element to both stories that, you know, you can kind of combine the two of them and it works. You can do Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles or, you know, Batman and Ninja Turtles. Like, there are things that kind of tie those together. Like, the only thing about Justice League and Power Rangers have in common is that they're both teams. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm picking that up. It, it makes me think of the X-Men Star Trek crossover. That yeah, didn't... it's just so bizarre. What? <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> Man. It's real. They both have a flying ship, and they're both teams. Like, that's all nice. they have in common. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, New York Comic Con broke attendance record this year with over 180,000 people attending. That's huge. They were all there to see Steve. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Showing uh, the Steve Orlando. The great Steve Orlando. Lots of love again. Yeah. Uh, you're going to love this one. Star Wars Dr. Afra has just been announced as a new ongoing Oh, That's going to begin no. December 7th. Kieran Gillen is writing it, and Kev Walker is drawing it. Nice. Um, the Star Wars Darth Vader series ended this week, Yeah, and it was excellent. Yes. It was probably the best Marvel book of the week. It was definitely in contention for my top three. Uh, and in the end of it, Darth Vader 
thinks he's killed Dr. Afra. He basically shoots her out of an airlock, but that was her goal all along. Like she knew she was going to try, Vader was going to try to kill her. And so she kept trying to plead with him to do it fast. Like she mm-hmm. wanted to die by lightsaber because it would be quick and painless, but she had caused him so much trouble that he was just like, no, you're getting the airlock. You're going to suffocate. I never promised you that. But but she that, that was her manipulation. She planned on that. She outthought Vader, which is something that doesn't happen very much in, in Star Wars mythos. So she survived. And she had the uh, evil bots pick her up. The evil droids are on her side. Uh-huh. Kashyyyk or whatever. The yeah. other uh, Wookiee bounty hunters are on her side. Yeah. So she's got like a, a team of badasses behind her. Um, and she was a cool character. She was a really cool character. I'd love to see her show up in the movies at some point. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to more of Dr. Afra for I'm sure. picking that up. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to see what happens when Vader finds out she's alive. <laughs> He's going to get pissed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do now, it. <laughs> I love what Marvel's done with the with the Star Wars comics. They're more exciting to me than the last movie was. I, I enjoy them a lot. Yeah, me too. They've been excellent. So, Looking forward to more of those. Yeah. And then the very last piece of comics news, uh, you're going to like this one as well. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are reuniting yes! for uh, DC's next big summer event, which is going to be very Batman-heavy. Oh. We don't know what it's called. We don't know any details beyond that, except that the two of them are spearheading it. Nice. Getting a bat boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Robin, hand me the bat prophylactic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's like the greatest news today. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Sweet. For sure. Uh, so that's it for comics. What do you want to do next? Movies or TV? I need some TV in my life. Okay. MTV is developing a War of the Worlds series. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's being written by Andrew Cochran, uh, the guy who created Teen Wolf, and produced by Jeff Davis. I don't have any info beyond that, but huh. they've done a lot of War of the Worlds remakes <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Tom Cruise going to show up in again? <laughs> <laughs> he's in the closet. <laughs> no, he's in the closet. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm, I'm tentatively excited for this. That's I mean, cool. I I love the story. I mean, I've seen it done well. I've seen it done poorly. Uh, I've seen it translated to comics, and you know, it was okay there. I'm willing to give it a shot. Hey, you left out the big yeah. news on comics. I just remembered. What? Kiss number one comes out this week. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a big Kiss fan, Ben? No. Oh. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm not either, but this guy across from me, man, he loves Ace Freely. Like, oh, I do not <laughs> love Ace. It's all about Gene. Damn it, you know this. <laughs> He's obsessed with Ace Freely. He has oh, posters all over his cubicle at work. What? He can't get enough of the man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you suck. Uh, let's see. For TV, did, I showed you. Have you seen the Luke Cage Family Matters mashup that's been circulating no. on the internet? It's hilarious. They took these scenes from Luke Cage where everybody's like smiling, and they put it to the Family Matters music from the 80s. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, it, it syncs up so perfectly well. It's hilarious. Like I saw it a couple days ago and it just cracked me up. So uh, if you've seen Luke Cage, go, go find that and check it out. You'll get a laugh out of it. I will be watching that later today. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen and Supergirl is going to become his own vigilante superhero nice. called The Guardian. There you go. Uh, he's a really nice. really lame looking costume and uh, he's supposed to be, be like Captain America, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Supergirl really struggling on the CW. I mean, they already just, they just brought Superman in, which I've seen some some stuff with Superman that looks really cool. Like that's not Superman. That's Superboy. We know who Superman is, but he he looks pretty good as Superman. I'm not I'm not disappointed. Whoa, I'll be checking him out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I like the meme that came out last week, I believe, and it was him as Superman on one side, and on the other side they digitally put on the Plastic Man costume. Mm-hmm. He would be an awesome Plastic Man. Yeah, I can see that. He's got the face for it. Plastic Man. Yeah. With the glasses, the yeah. goggles. <laughs> I had yep. a Plastic Man back in the day. <laughs> well, maybe he can uh, play Maybe he can play Plastic Man in the movies if we ever get to that point. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can be the uh, Chris Evans of DC's universe. Wow. <laughs> play a bunch of different roles. Uh, I just don't see a point in, in adding... Like Jimmy Olsen's always just been the like human guy, the, the supporter of, of Superman and now Supergirl. It seems really weird that he would be, become a hero on his own. Like, especially if Superman is in the picture now, like what help could they possibly need from Jimmy Olsen? Well, maybe Superman's not going to come in a lot. Maybe just here and there. Maybe, but I mean, there's other. She's got Arrow. She's got Flash. She's got lots of people she can call on. Like, it just seems really weird. So to she's make, getting her own team. I guess she's I, the Oliver Queen of uh, Central. <laughs> of uh, where the hell's the town at? What town she's in? I don't even know. <laughs> Owl City? What the hell is that place called? I don't even know. Cat Grant City? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, I'm not a big fan of the idea, but we'll see how it goes. And then uh, the very last piece of DV news. Uh, we talked about this before, but we didn't have an official release date. Daredevil Season 1 is coming out on Blu-ray November 8th. Gotta get it, man. So for anybody that missed it on Netflix, there's a good opportunity to pick it up and watch it in high def. That's right. Then you get Daredevil Season 2. I'm sure that's shortly going to be on DVD as well. So. Daredevil Season 3. I'm waiting. <laughs> be waiting for a while. Uh, Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to movies. There's not a whole lot of movie news, but uh, one of the main villains for the upcoming Logan movie is going to be Donald Pierce. If you don't know Donald Pierce, he's a... Uh, He's been a thorn in Wolverine's side for a long time. He's a uh, this first I'm hearing of him. <laughs> really, he's part part of the Hellfire Club way back when. Okay, I think it's cool they're bringing the Hellfire Club elements into it. I know we know Mister Sinister is supposed to be the big villain for this, but uh, I like that we're going to see more adversaries for Old Man Logan. Let's play Mister Sinister. We don't know yet. Oh, they got to get a good Mister Sinister. Please don't make him look stupid. Uh, I did. There is a couple of stills up that are uh-huh. on the thing, and there's one image of a uh, bathroom stall and scratched across the side of it says where are all the mutants so i'm imagining oh, we're nice. gonna see like a future version where there's just not a lot of mutants still walking around wow i don't know if it's gonna be after the no more mutants storyline or you know if somehow the government has managed to extinguish most of them or what but o- old man logan exists in a world where there's not a whole lot of other mutants besides him so sweet i'm looking forward to it yeah love mr <laughs> no. one thing that's that's pretty cool is chester rushing a guest at the Brazos Valley Comic Con is going to be in the new Logan movie, and it's looking like he may be playing Arcade. Oh, that'd be amazing! Nice, that's very cool. Now oh, we got to meet yeah. him now. <laughs> <laughs> I love Arcade; he's one of my like favorite off-the-wall villains. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we also got the final Rogue One trailer. Oh yes, which looks really awesome. Man, it looks good. I'm I'm excited for that. Oh yeah. Love Star Wars. Yep. You can see more of Vader, which is always fun. Oh, yeah. Get the Vader boner. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of boners in this episode. You really need that bat profile. <laughs> Dude, how the hell do you not love Vader? I mean, come on. It's like when you're watching uh, the cartoon, and then Vader shows up. Like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> the birds agree. Vader. <laughs> Vader 2016, let's take the White House back. <laughs> <laughs> Trust the force. <laughs> uh, we also got the new Doctor Strange International trailer. All right, man. I told you Cumberbatch was a good actor, but damn, damn, this is going to be good. I don't know much about Strange, but really? Well, I know a lot about <laughs> <laughs> After I said it, I realized it. <laughs> I'm not too familiar with Doctor Strange. <laughs> There's no recovering from that. Uh, now, who, who am I? Uh, Ike now from South Park. I'm going to tame the strange. <laughs> tame oh, some strange. <laughs> it looks freaking amazing, dude. It really does. Uh, I need to read up some on some Doctor Strange because I don't know much about his character. There's a lot more scenes added to the international trailer. There's like this one scene where he falls all the way through New York and it's like collapsing around him. It just looks fucking amazing. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the 15-minute preview that they showed to everybody, uh, but all my friends that did said how amazing it looked. Gotta love how he puts the cape on. There's a lot of cool things. <laughs> I mean, when you start getting into the mystical side of Marvel, the, the sky's the limit, really. There's there's no limitations to what they can do and what they can bring in. And I, I love that this kind of looks like Inception. I love the way they've kind of conceptualized him traveling yeah. between worlds yeah. and everything. Like, everything about this just looks amazing to me. I'm so excited. The person training him, that's Tilda, Swit- Tilda Swinton, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I can't wait. It looks good. It does. It uh, does. Take my money! <laughs> They yeah. will. I saw Shin Godzilla. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What would you think? Kong is fucked. <laughs> I'm just saying. If Kong fights him, he's screwed. I don't know, man. The, the Kong in the Skull Island trailer is huge. Okay. Well, let me, yeah. It's tremendous. Like, I, I, I really feel like Kong's going to win this time. Well, Shin Godzilla morphs. He starts as, like, a funny-looking dog-type creature. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. And he becomes big Godzilla. And, yeah, he has, like, radar. His, like, a radar system in his back, so his fins open up. I mean, his thing's open, so he shoots, like, lasers out, like, a shitload of ton of lasers, and he moves his body, so he's, like, knocking everything out of the sky. So you can't come from above or behind. I, I, love, I love tail, this visual you're giving me. It's too bad the audience at home can't see it. <laughs> the freaking tail reminds me of War of the Worlds type thing. Is like, doo, 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 doo. he shoots a blast from his mouth, and his tail pops above his head, and he shoots a, so he's shooting out of his tail, out of his ass, and his mouth. Nice. It's freaking <laughs> hilarious. The only problem Brain and myself we had with the Godzilla was when he opens his mouth to shoot the fire. Well, he didn't even shoot fire. It's like a laser. When he opens his mouth, 
his jaw on the bottom opens up like he's a predator. That was the yeah. only lame ass thing in the that's, entire movie. Kind of weird. It opens up kind of like this. It doesn't open up like all the way up, but it just it, like a snake almost. And I like that is just really freaking weird. Hmm. And the scream he only screamed like twice in the entire movie. But uh, the movie was pretty much making fun of the U.S. Okay, they called us a bunch of propaganda pieces of crap. <laughs> I mean, seriously, there was there was a nice snide backhand remarks to the U.S. all the time. I was like, wow, wow, <laughs> but it was pretty damn funny. Uh, the facial expressions of the, of the Japanese actors and the subtitles, which is great. It's you know how they do the American; they make it voiceover, and you get the the delay. But they left it in speaking Japanese, and they put in the American subtitles. And so when they speak in Japanese, it's like, Sorry. And the facial expression, I now know that Sore is prime minister, or sir, <laughs> from watching this damn movie. Sore. Every time I was like, Sore, we must get to the chopper. That's the thing. If you watch a lot of subtitled Japanese anything, like I used to be really big into anime, like... You watch a lot of subtitle stuff. You start learning the language. Like it's it's actually like a, a good method for picking up you know bits and pieces of it. Uh, so I'm not surprised, but I think it's weird that that's the one word you learned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I learned a lot more, but it was really cool. The, the the facial the older guys that played the other ministers. Oh man, their facial expressions were amazing. It's like, hold on, calm yourself. Hold on, it was great. It's freaking awesome. It was worth the money. Hold on. <laughs> wrong kind of movie. Andale, andale. Godzilla. Is that the Spanish dub? Yeah. <laughs> it's like like uh, who posted it the other day? James and Laura said, "Ain't hey, no, or is it James or was it Brian? I can't remember. Get my Mexicans confused. Oh, they're gonna hate, they're both, they're both gonna hate you. You keep doing that. Keep doing that. Well, I don't remember who posted it on Facebook. It's nothing like seeing Schwarzenegger dubbed in Spanish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you haven't lived till you've seen that. The, the, I remember when I was very first in Spanish class, they made us watch E.T. in mm-hmm. Spanish. Like, that was our, our wow. movie we watched to learn. That was so weird in Spanish. Cause it's like, teléfono mi casa. <laughs> <laughs> Always cracked me up. You racist bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for news this week, guys. Um, I want to thank Ben for coming on. You want to go ahead and plug the con one more time? Sure. Is the Brazos Valley Comic Con, November 5th and 6th. Get your tickets online at stxcon.com. Awesome. Uh, we will definitely be there, both as Grey Bear Comics and as Comical Podcast. Come out and see all of us. Meet the horse, you know. <laughs> nice. No <laughs> riding the horse. <laughs> uh, also, I want to quickly remind everybody the Kickstarter for Speak No Evil Issue 2 is going on right now. Uh, we just hit the halfway point, and we're at 48% funded. Still got a lot of ground to make up, so if you can pledge anything, please do. Uh, we're really hoping to make this happen. Uh, the last day, I think, is October 31st, so get in there before then, please. And we're looking at this Brazos Valley Comic Con. There'll be no furries. <laughs> or, or a lot of them. Uh, what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> man. Just for you. There's going to be a special room just for you. Nice. <laughs> Also, everybody, please go follow us on our social media. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Comical Podcast. On Twitter, I am at Comical Podcast. I'm at Comical Podcast, too. Follow the STX Comic Con. At Brazos Valley CC. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy it. And that's pretty much it, guys. Ben, do you want to close this out? Okay. Keep (laughs) on laughing, bitches. Perfect.